States of America. It's been 35 long years. Clemson got been waiting 35 years. It's finally coming home, baby. It's coming home. You are looking live at Clemson Memorial Stadium in Clemson, South Carolina, where the game of the weekend is about to unfold. Calma, regresa al backfield. De John Watson, pase, touchdown, touchdown, Clemson, Clemson, por un segundo. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. How great is this? This, this could be the final play of the college season, perhaps, if Clemson gets a touchdown to win it. If Bama can hold them out, perhaps a field goal attempt for overtime. Watson, touchdown! Hunter Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play. And Clemson runs out of the field and celebrates. They come to California and strike gold. And now, William Qualkenbush and Ben Milstead with Out of Bounds on the Roar. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us. We are live on the roar on a Monday, March 13th, 2023. Thanks so much for joining us here on Out of Bounds. William Quagamush, Ben Milstead live inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. You know, a texter gets in. Normally, we don't read text before the music stops. But a texter from the 864 says, I bet Quag's already standing, maybe Ben too. You know, we Ben, we were just talking about this. I, I am passionate to be, today because I have already, I'll just go ahead and say, I have already planned out this show in my brain. I am a debater at heart, and I, you know what, I welcome hearty debate. You know I'm not going to debate with? John Rittman at 1225, because his team is rolling, they rock socks, they're incredible. I'm not debating him on anything. But I will I will fight people logically who want to come at me about Clemson today. I will fight I will fight you. You cannot possibly ask me a question that is relevant to the discussion that I don't already know what you're going to say and I already know how I'm going to respond. I am passionate about logical reasoning and reasonable debate. Ben, how are you? Nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> I was good. Now I'm not good. And I will see how this goes. Uh, yes, I, I'm, I am all joking inside. I'm, I'm doing well. Doing well. Had a, had a lovely weekend and glad to be here. It feels like it has been a long, long time since I've been on the air with you. You know, it has. Yeah. I was thinking about that. We have not chatted in person or officially during the show. Except for the two segments of Friday. By the way, thank you for staying on a couple segments because you know the rule. You can't say something interesting at 219 and have us not just come right back to you. you can't, we can't do that. I'm, I'm here for it. And that, that's what happened on Friday. Um, and we will talk about, look, almost every weekend we tend to like breeze past what happened, you know, the least recent. And we go to what happened most recently. Um, I do want to talk about what happened in the Virginia game and whether or not that had any um, any bearing on the committee and any bearing on the fan base and any bearing on what anybody else thinks about what Clemson did this weekend. I want to know, Ben, because you were there, 
What was the feeling, the emotions, the responses? You weren't there yesterday, but you were there over the weekend, Friday, Saturday with the team. What was it like when their season was done and they knew they were essentially playing the waiting game? I saw very little of them after the game. I drove because I drove separately and we got back to the hotel so very late. Um, so I, I honestly am not in a position to, to give you that. I, I mean, I can tell you that their anxiousness about it all before the game was the same as Clemson fans' anxiousness. You know, you you think you're in, but you're not 100% positive. But going into that game, I mean, after the NC State win for the third time, you felt like you were in pretty good shape. You know, I, I, I mean, like if you were if you were handicapping it, you were above the fifty percent line. Was the feel that I got, and maybe I'm, maybe that was just me. But um, you know, there were certainly, certainly holes in your resume. You knew what they were, but there were also some really strong points in your resume, and you knew what those were too. So uh, the the feel in the arena at the tournament was that Clemson was in, though. I mean, from commentators to reporters to other coaches. The, the feeling was that Clemson was in. Um, the tournament itself was very good. I I mean, it was very good. It's good to see people back in Greensboro um, in in a pretty much a full house. It was uh, I watched the the Duke game before the Clemson Virginia game, and man, it was uh, what a game. Uh, that I mean, that whole day was just was really good, really good. It, it felt like the old days for a moment there, with uh, with the crowd and the energy. So, uh, big picture wise, I, I thought it was a very good tournament. It was a very good atmosphere, incredible environment. You could tell that in every game. The Duke Virginia game was an absolute snoozer. I mean, just just not a fun game at all. I was at a wedding. My cousin got married this weekend. Shout out to uh, Clary and Ellie for tying a knot in Spartanburg. Um, and so I was kind of having to watch on phones, but even on the phone, that was not a brand of basketball that was like legitimately aesthetically pleasing. The crowd was exceptional though. And yeah. the spectacle was exceptional for it to be, I, I, I sat there and watched that entire game. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't beautiful, but it was, uh, it was good. You know, wait, now, wait a minute. You, you said Duke. Virginia. Yes. Okay. I, w- I did not sit there for that. Okay. I, w- I watched it on TV. You were talking yeah. about the other one. Yeah. The yeah, other semi. Duke Miami. Yeah. Uh, Duke Miami was very good. Yeah. Duke Miami was. To be good. clear. Yeah. Duke Virginia was was not because there wasn't a lot of scoring, but it was still, it was still entertaining. You know, uh, there was still a lot of ebbs and flows, but I mean, what, what was it? Twenty four seventeen at halftime. Yeah. Like yeah. Was that? Well, I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say they would have been better than football, but not not Virginia football. Maybe not. Maybe not, not Virginia this year. football. <laughs> not the recent. Not not the uh, not the recent version. A couple things on this, okay? As we get to the sort of what comes now part, we have to think about yesterday. And one thing I want to come back to throughout the show is that. Almost everyone that makes any comment about Clemson's resume, almost everyone is going to be right. Almost everyone. Uh, I am going to say almost everyone because I don't want to. I don't want to leave room for a crazy, a nutcase here and there. 
But Ben, as you said, we are all aware of the flaws in Clemson's resume. And there is also a compelling argument to be made that when you have flaws on your resume, you are now stacking reasons for the committee to not put your team into a field. However, Clemson did not get into the field over the following teams. And I want to make sure that people understand that, yes, Clemson getting into the field would have been historically significant. Clemson being left out of the field was also historically significant, especially given some of the teams that made it that they were not in any way, shape, or form worse than. A team with a 246-ranked strength of schedule with one quad one win and no bad losses, the most milquetoast NIT resume I've ever seen that Clemson beat three times by an average of 21 points got in. They don't even have to play their way out of Dayton. They just got in. I can't stress enough that North Carolina was not a tournament team with more quad one games and the same amount of quad one wins in NC State. Can't stress that enough. With a significantly more difficult non-conference strength of schedule, which I was told was very, very much a prohibitive thing. Mm-hmm. You can't have a bad non-conference schedule. And I'm here to tell you right now, I know Clemson's non-conference schedule was not good, but the difference between 333 and 246 is absolutely nothing if you give a crap and know what you're talking about. It's absolutely zero. That just means that NC State people think NC State's free wins were better than Clemson's free wins. That's what it is. Uh, you can talk about bad losses if you want to. That's totally fine. Teams with bad quad three and quad four losses got in. Maybe not the volume of Clemson's. Teams got in with a losing record, significant losing record against quad one. And we can go through the list of what those were. And a losing record against quad one and quad two. Clemson was 500 against quad one and above 500 in quad one and quad two. There were teams that got in with no significant wins away from their building. Clemson had several significant wins away from their building. And again... Teams that were on the bubble that got in that should have been Clemson's peers. What one team that got in over uh, over Clemson was behind Clemson in the following metrics. You ready for this? Pittsburgh was behind Clemson in the following metrics: net, RPI, ELO, Ken Palm, BPI, strength of record. Every single metric except for non-conference strength of schedule. Pittsburgh uh, was behind you, Clemson. You left out one other. If it's a metric. Head-to-head. Head. Scoreboard. I mean, scoreboard. scoreboard. A team that I wasn't mean, better than you in any way, shape, or form. Something that we've kind of ignored a little bit. Sa- look, same exact quad one record. Same. Same exact one. Worst quad two record. Worst conference record. Lost the head-to-head. Got in. Clemson does not. Why? Because it was seen that Clemson didn't try to schedule. And, man, I, I'm a little bit tired of that argument, too, because I think people are being willfully ignorant of some of the facts of Clemson's schedule. I know we're not supposed to applaud effort, but when you fill a tournament with three quality teams and Cal, that's what you get. Somebody's got to play Cal. You know what? If if Clemson had beaten Iowa, I said this on Twitter last night, if Clemson beats Iowa and plays TCU instead of Cal, they got in. They could have lost by 20 to, to TCU. We know that doesn't matter. We know it doesn't amount to a hill of beans whether you win or lose game. We know that. We know that doesn't count. Although I am glad to see that 14 lost Michigan and 15 lost Wisconsin were nowhere near the cut line. Thank goodness for that. I was very concerned about that. Ben, it was historically significant that Clemson, if, if Clemson would have gotten in. 
because the committee does not historically reward teams with two quad three and two quad four losses, and they do not historically reward teams with a strength of schedule that bad. I would point you to some of Seth Greenberg's teams at Virginia Tech that didn't get in because of their strength of schedule. However, those teams were also roughly 500 in the ACC, and they finished with double-digit losses and less than 20 wins. The committee also doesn't leave out teams that win 20-plus games in a power league, finish third in that league, win 70% of their league games, have 15 wins over quad, uh, over uh, conference opponents, have a winning record in quad one and quad two. They don't leave that team out. So there are folks out there who will tell you, including Clemson fans out there, that will tell you that Clemson would have been a historically significant inclusion. And I would just remind people that right now today, Clemson is the first team in the history of a 64-plus team bracket to win 70% of its league games and not go to the NCAA tournament. They are, beyond a shadow of a doubt, a historically significant exclusion from the tournament. That's what I would offer people today. That Clemson is such a unique case that it was going to be history either way. It's, it was... It, is not just that Clemson was left out because the committee would have had to make history to put them in. No, the committee made history by leaving them out. Make no mistake about that. Your thoughts? Uh, well, two, two points, and we'll, we'll mention these again after we have John Rippon on. Uh, one is that if the committee members just told me this is what we don't like about Clemson's resume, uh, the, you know, we think your non-conference is not good enough. We think your uh, your quad four losses are just too much to get over. If you if you just told me that, and and that was it, while maybe I wouldn't agree, I could accept it better. But when you tell me that and then you show me the teams that you do put in and there feels to, like there's different standards, like Ned, for instance, uh, you know, I, I'm i happy for Pitt. I'm happy for NC State. Sure. Both of those fan bases will te- would tell you, if they're being honest, that Clemson deserves to be in over, the, over them. I mean, they just do. Um, the fact that we are we're falling into the BCS model where we talk about good losses – rather than wins it, that that's just troubling for me it was in football it is in basketball that's not a clemson thing that's just across the board you're going to talk more about ba- you're going to talk about how good somebody's loss is that that bothers me um if that's the first thing you talk about if that's the first thing you talk about yes. right so that's that's the first thing like again I understand some of the flaws. I, I do. I understand. I understand what bad losses look at, look like. I was at every single one of them. Saw them in person. I understand that that your non conference strength of schedule was just not good. And you know you gambled on a couple of teams that you put on your on your schedule, and you lost every single one of them. You made a great point about the Iowa and Cal and uh, TCU matchup. We can talk more about that. But that's, you know, that was just an unfortunate way the scheduling worked out. The other, the other point, and, and we'll hit on this again, I would propose this as sort of a groundwork for today as, a, as an understanding that if you are a Clemson fan, you can feel aggrieved that your team didn't get in. 
You can be upset that your team didn't get in, and you can also be upset and and frustrated that the season didn't turn out as well as it should have in terms of wins, losses, and those bad losses. In other words, you you can feel like Clemson was sort of cheated out of an NCAA tournament bid because I think they were. And also, that doesn't necessarily mean you're happy with everything else with basketball. Does that make sense? Yes. Because the sense that I get is, oh, my gosh, if I say that Clemson should have been in the tournament, then all of a sudden I'm supporting everything about this team and I'm saying everything else is okay. And that's simply not the case. I think it's okay to not be happy with everything that's happened in basketball this year and also recognize that you should be in the tournament. Uh, six five four roars the number. We got a couple people on hold. We're gonna go to you uh, after John Rittman. We don't have to have these conversations about softball because I'm not sure they're ever losing again. <laughs> We're gonna ask John Rittman if he ever plans to lose again when we come back. Stay with us. More out of bounds coming up next. One day, your Honda, Acura, Lexus, or Toyota is going to need an oil change. And there's that question, where do I take it? Before you make that decision, ask yourself what you're getting. Do they test drive your vehicle? Do they rotate your tires? Do they glance at the brakes? Or remove the tires and provide an exact measurement of your brake pads? What about suspension? Fluids? At First Class Halt, an oil change means so much more than routine maintenance. Come experience the difference. Firstclasshalt.com, your dealership alternative in Anderson and Greenville. Mattress shopping? Look no further than Engineered Sleep. Visit their showroom in Greenville and try the ES Duo. This two-piece hybrid mattress is their most popular seller. If it's in stock, pick it up the same day or schedule a delivery. Setup is free. Plus, they take away your old mattress. Manufactured mattresses in Greenville for 90 years. Call 866-244-0898 or go to engineeredsleep.com. Save up to $600 and get two free pillows with code WCCP. Better sleep. Rest assured. Standing water or that musty smell in your basement can be a sign of major problems. Canty Foundation Specialists are your local experts in basement waterproofing and crawl space repair. Call us today for a free estimate. Canty can fix it. Call the local experts for a free estimate. Call Canty Foundation Specialists at 864-403-5263 and ask about transferable warranties and available financing. That's 864-403-5263 or online at cantycanfixit.com. Spring is here and summer isn't far off. Nobody wants to see that old dad bod at the beach. Come into Low Country Mail today and get that weight off, get your energy up, and get your game back in the bedroom. Our concierge testosterone plans are $220 a month and include testosterone, doctor visits, and labs. We also offer semaglutide, the amazing medication that eliminates food cravings, lowers A1C, and burns fat. Most patients lose 35 pounds or 15% of their weight with no change in diet or exercise. Make men men again lowcountrymail.com the best is right there in Traveler's Rest at George Coleman Ford whether you buy a vehicle from George Coleman Ford or not they would like to make you a great offer on yours George Coleman Ford is paying top dollar for your pre-owned car truck or SUV and now is the ideal time to take advantage of the premium value your vehicle brings call them today to take advantage of your vehicle's value across four generations in over 90 years George Coleman Ford and Traveler's Rest has been doing business right. Pinnacle Veterinary Group takes a proactive, progressive approach to individualized medicine aimed to keep your pet healthier longer. Being locally owned and a private practice, they utilize low-stress techniques and fear-reducing strategies for every patient. Their facility is equipped to care for your pet for whatever health issues they may have or any testing that needs to be done. The first and only practice achieving AHA accreditation in Pickens County 
Call 624-8824 or online, pinnacleveterinarygroup.com. Tune in each Monday at 1225 on Out of Bounds for an exclusive interview with Clemson softball head coach John Rittman all season long. Only on The Roar, where every day is game day. Guess who else has jumped on to Ph.D. weight loss and nutrition? It's our good friend Don Munson. Back in May of 2022, I knew I needed to lose a few pounds. I knew because my doctor told me I needed to drop 20. Just like you, I've been hearing about the tremendous results people were having with Ph.D., and so I became a Ph.D. client. At the first meeting, I knew this was the right decision for me. Dr. Ashley Lucas and her staff talked over with me my goals, asked me about my eating habits, and then introduced me to their plan for not only weight loss, but for complete wellness. The results had been life-changing for me. In 100 days, I was down over 20 pounds, down several inches in the waist, and loving the way I felt and looked. Glad to see he's seeing the results like I did when I went on PhD weight loss and nutrition last year and lost 24 pounds in just five weeks. If you've been like Don and me and you need to drop 20, 30, even 50 pounds or more, just go to myphdweightloss.com to learn more. One more time, that's myphdweightloss.com. Whether you own a local business or a global one, you know that these days, generating growth is a challenge. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll not just stay ahead of the curve, you'll move it. With access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter, locally and globally. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2023 Bank of America N.A. Powered by Upcountry Fiber. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Hey, if you bleed orange and purple, we're your flagship station for Clemson Athletics. You're listening to 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Only in America, folks. Where every day is game day. continues out of bounds we're scheduled to uh be joined by john rittman to uh in this segment i do want to get a phone call if we can real quick my buddy micah joins us here i uh, wants to talk about this 654 roar is the number we'll squeeze that in really quickly what's up micah Quark, how's it going man man i'm living the dream brother hope you're doing well man i'm not doing well i will tell you what sir I have promised that I would not call into this show, and you're a, you're a good buddy of mine, and I love listening to you. Been listening for five years, and never once called in. But let me tell you something, Qualk. I am pushed over the edge. In your words, I'm standing. I am standing right now because I am over it. I'm boycotting the NCAA. I'm not watching any March Madness, 
And I'm not mad that Clemson was left out. I'm really not. What I'm mad about is the fact that you have a team that lost three times by 14, 25, and 26 to a team that's so average, right? Uh, A Clemson team that's just on the bubble and, and can't make it into the tournament and doesn't deserve to be in there because all of their terrible losses. And this team couldn't beat that bubble team in three tries and didn't come close to sniffing a win. 21.67 points on average they lost by, yet they are going to have a chance to go to the big dance. So I appreciate your time to let me rant. I probably, hopefully, will never call back in. I love (laughs) listening to you guys. I will keep listening to you guys. I love the show. Keep up the good work. I cannot believe that we're in this situation. Go Tigers. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the phone call. It really is a, it is a travesty that it didn't amount to a hill of beans that you uh, that you beat NC State three times. That NC State not only was good enough to get in, but they didn't have to play through Dayton. If I was Pitt, I'd be kind of mad about that. NC State, keep in mind, NC State and North Carolina had the same amount of quad one wins, and we had people saying no way North Carolina looks like an NCAA tournament team, and I agree with them. You start looking at NC State's resume after they got shellacked by Clemson, how the committee took that parting shot and thought, you know what, this team, they shouldn't even have to play their way into the 64. It's absolutely baffling to me. Totally baffling. Let's go to Ernie in Greenville, who's up with us next. What's up, Ernie? Hey, hey guys, how you doing? Great, man. Thanks for getting in. Just a, sure, just a couple uh, questions, and I'll let, take it off the air, and you can go to what you need to do. But, um, one, do... You know, do uh, Rutgers or Vanderbilt or Oklahoma State have a bigger argument than uh, Clemson? And then, two, is there a group that can help the committee reevaluate their selection process and what the priority should be as they evaluate a team? Thanks. All right. Good questions, Ernie. Appreciate the phone call. You know, I would say... I would say I don't, and I tweeted this a couple days ago. I don't understand why we look at the net every year and say that it's an incomplete and inconclusive uh, uh, metric that's problematic, and yet it continues to have the same flaws. And the committee continues to prioritize the same stuff that the basketball people think are kind of dumb. Like I'm baffled by the fact that the NIT selection show, which I don't watch every year, but of course I watched it last night, that one of the things they say is we have actual basketball people in the room, and it blows my mind that that's a differentiating factor. That the secondary tournament in the country has basketball people in it, and the primary tournament in the country can't say that. Otherwise, why would the secondary t- tournament be touting that? When and I, we've got audio about it. when Jay Billis and Seth Greenberg and Dick Vitale and Lafonso Ellis all think Clemson should be in, and the committee doesn't, then who am I going to trust? Am I going to trust the bureaucratic class that makes up this selection committee and prioritizes things like who did you lose to over who did you beat? And prioritizes things like your non-commerce drink to schedule as opposed to your entire body of work. As opposed to the, the amount of wins that you racked up in your league against your peers and against quality competition. When they give the benefit of the doubt to people who played way more quad one wins and lost them all. I don't understand that at all. I don't understand that, that, that criteria. So that's number one. Number two, in order, I would say, I, I can't remember the third team he said. I think Rutgers has a legitimate beef. Because Rutgers had some high-quality wins. Rutgers also um, played a a little bit more difficult non-conference schedule. So I I appreciate that. They had a win at Purdue. Rutgers had a great win at the top of their ledger. 
Uh, they had four quad three losses and didn't play great down the stretch and lost 14 games. But because of the wins that they had, unlike a Michigan or a Wisconsin that I thought were milk toast, I felt like, honestly, I feel like if Rutgers were really good on offense and kind of suspect on defense, they would have gotten in. But a lot of their games are boring because they guard really, really well. Uh, one of the one of the teams he said was Vanderbilt. Yes. You know, they came on, they're playing very good right now. And they've come on strong since, uh, you know, since like 1st of February. Their problem is they, they, they were probably a win short. You know, 20 and 14. Not a not a terrible resume, but five and eleven against quad one teams. Uh, you probably the fact that you played that many quad ones is why you're in that position in the first place. I mean, in terms of being in the discussion, it, if you only looked at the back half of what Vanderbilt did this year, yeah, they deserve to be in. I, I mean, and you look, you put their. I mean, I hate to say this, you put their resume up against Pitt. They're another one that probably should be in instead of Pitt. Again, they want they went five and eleven in quad. What did NC State go one and seven? That's a worse win percentage with half the games. I don't understand why we're why we act like the quad system is so valuable, and yet we're acting like NC State winning one quad one game wasn't that big of a factor. I just don't I don't understand that piece of it. Like somebody's going to have to explain to me why Vanderbilt going five and 11, which is not great. I think if you play sixteen quad one games, you ought to go minimum six and ten. Like, you have so many bites of the apple, you ought to be able to do that. We don't understand it because we don't. We still don't know what it is that they're looking specifically for. And, and it's, it's, it's just not consistent from team to team. That's right, 100%. Let's go to Scott in Greenville, who's up with us next. Time for one or two more phone calls in this segment. What's up, Scott? There are no weddings in baseball, Clark. <laughs> I, turn on the, I turn on the radio to hear Clark, and I'm told, Clark's not here. He's at a wedding. I'm like, what? I know. Listen, uh, on my mom's side of the family, we're all like siblings. And so that would be like missing right. my brother's wedding. So I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't in good conscience do that. I hear you. Hey, I got a couple of questions for you, and then I want to give you my opinion on this thing. Uh I keep hearing that we're comparing ourselves to NC State because we beat them three times and we should be in above them. NC State isn't our barometer. They were 11 seed, right? So that means they're a top 44 team in the country. Not not that that's right, but that's what the tournament selection committee says. So I agree with the the comparison to Pittsburgh, but I don't agree with the one to NC State. NC State doesn't have any bad losses. Um, you know, they did look, we did look, beat them three times. They don't have any bad losses. Their strength of schedule was better than ours. Their out of conference schedule was better than ours. I mean, whatever. But yeah, we beat them three times. But hey, Loyola beat us. So does that mean Loyola deserves an NIT bid? No. Well, no. But, but here's the thing. This is what, this is where I would, I would push back against that. If you look at NC State, their best win, uh, of any win that they had was the same as Clemson's best win. And their next best win was, like, it was a home win against Miami and a home win against right. uh, North Carolina. And then they won averaging a tech in that Wake Forest. Clemson's got better wins than NC State does. To me, to me, so basically what you're telling me is it doesn't matter that Clemson beat better teams. It matters that Clemson lost to worse teams. And if that's, if that's what it is, that's fine. Yes, and I'm, yeah, unfortunately, uh, yes, I believe that that's what it is. And there's another scenario that I think, uh, Clemson has only been to the NCAA tournament 13 times. I think that if you took North Carolina name and put that on Clemson resume, they are in the tournament. Oh, I think so and too. I think, 
that is exactly why we didn't get in. If we had a history of making it. And so, as a fan, and Ben knows I've called this show, he's hung up on me a few times because of my takes on Brownell. I'm past that, Ben. I'm, I'm I have not. <laughs> yes, you have. But, hey, listen, listen. At some point, I believe the university has to say, you know what? We demand best is the standard. I don't care that. I don't care that best is the standard. Best is give it all what you got. Best is the standard. Tournament is what it is. And when we get that attitude on campus, I think that uh, I think that that all take take shape. Hopefully, but listen, man, we've been playing basketball since 1911. We've only been to the NCAA tournament 13 times. That's it's true. It's true, Scott. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much. I tell you what, I know we got Zeke and we got JB. If you guys can hold on for a second, I'd appreciate it. Uh, we've got John Rittman. Uh, we don't have time in this segment, but we'll we'll try to get him on the next segment after a quick break. We'll talk to John Rittman. I want to get back to this because I know a lot of folks want to talk about a lot of things related to the bragging. I'm sure Zeke wants to talk about UNC. JB wants to talk about Duke. Stay with us. Hour one of the program continues after this. The Bojangler's Back at Bojangles, a crispy fish fillet dusted with Bo's famous seasoning with the same bold flavor as their chicken and fries. Hook one while you can. It's not too early to start thinking about new patio furniture from Craft Stove Store and Patio. Your patio deserves classic styles that will last you a lifetime. Brands like Summer Classics, Hanament, Tropitone, Lloyd Flanders, Palm Spring Rattan, Meadowcraft, and Breezesta. Shop now for classic lifetime patio furniture at Craft Stove Store and Patio in Greenville. Start shopping at CraftStoveStore.com. Then visit them on Wade Hampton Boulevard, Greenville. Craft Stove Store and Patio. What's under your home can get into your home. A sealed crawl space keeps out moisture, mold, and pests. Canty Foundation Specialist is your local trusted expert in crawl space sealing. Call us today for your free estimate. Canty can fix it. Call the local experts for a free estimate. Call Canty Foundation Specialist at 864-403-5263 and ask about transferable warranties and available financing. That's 864-403-5263 or online at cantycanfixit.com. Spring cleaning is always first thing on the to-do list this time of year, so don't forget yourself. Roosters is here to remind you how important it is to keep your hair and face fresh and clean this season. Roosters has a full menu of what you need for male grooming this spring to check that off of your list. Don't forget to set your next appointment with the professionals at Roosters on Pelham Road in Greenville by calling 884-8920. Gift cards are always available at Roosters. Give the gift that keeps on giving. Are you looking to take your lawn to the next level in 2023? At Carolina Top Dressing, we're committed to serving the upstate and bringing golf course type practices to your home, including aeration, top dressing, dethatching, and soil conditioning. Also, ask about our latest top dressing amendment, Carolina Mix, or sign up for any of our turf services by visiting www.carolinatopdressing.com for your free quote. And as always, go Tigers! My Garage by Essex is proud to service the Clemson area with excellent service on all makes and models. They are professionals that perform high-quality workmanship with high-quality parts. With life being uncertain, you know you can be certain of My Garage by Essex, taking care of you and your family. Stop in to see them at 551 Old Greenville Highway, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. till 5 p.m., or call 864-633-5800. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar. 
where every day is game game day. Boy, a busy uh, phone line array today. 654-ROAR is the number 654-7627. You want to join us on the phones or on the Adams and Co. Roofing text line. Right now, though, it is time to talk a little Tiger softball before we get back to the brackets. And this is a team that, I mean, I don't I don't mind saying it. Uh, they are setting themselves up for quite a prominent place in the bracket that's going to come out in a couple of months in college softball. And that is John Rittman's Clemson softball team. Another fantastic week and a fantastic weekend at McWhorter Stadium. And Coach Rittman joins us right now as he does each and every Monday. Coach, what's going on? Hey, good afternoon, Clark. Um, just a typical day off for uh, Clemson softball, getting ready for a busy week. Well, you had a busy week uh, with the weather and everything else, trying to cram three days of tournament into two days. Your team seemed particularly unfazed. Was there any radical change when you guys decided to move the schedule up? Did you make any changes in terms of your pitching or anything like that, or did you just kind of were you just kind of able to roll with the punches and operate the plan as uh, as it was planned out? Well, you know we're we're used to playing doubleheaders this time of year in right. preseason with our tournament schedules, so that's nothing new for our program. But um, you know, definitely when when Mother Nature comes in, you're playing back to back doubleheaders. Uh, it, it can present problems at times, but uh, you know we're well prepared for that, and uh, we have an outstanding pitching staff. You know, we were able to throw you know four different pitchers in every game, and. Not a lot of programs in the country can do that, and uh, we're blessed. And each of them pitched really well, and and uh, played really well ball, uh, good ball all weekend long. Well, I love how you guys had to win kind of some different ways. Uh, the three of the games you got up early and kind of built that lead. A couple of them you were up really early and were able to kind of cruise and get some players in. That opportunity to sort of exercise your depth in a couple of those spots. I know you've talked about how much deeper your team is. That had to be gratifying, not just to be able to do that in a game like Jacksonville where you're playing five innings, but to see some success from players that got an A-B or two in there and got some opportunities in the field, right? Oh, no question about it. And, and you know, one of the things that's made us so successful this year is that we've had, you know, one through nine produce, and then any time we call on somebody off the bench, we've, we've had, you know, some great production off the bench. And, uh, a lot of that goes to our hard work that the players have put in. You know, some of our bench players are a little bit more older, and and uh, but they have to learn to accept roles and be selfless players and be ready to play when their name is called. And I've just been so impressed with them this year. And and uh, you know that that's a, a mark of a good team when you can call on your bench to come in and produce. And you know we've certainly done that in tight games, and we've done it in in blowout games and and so as a coach that kind of tells you that they're locked in and they're ready to play and they're ready to produce when their name's called on visiting with john Rittman, the head softball coach of clemson i was going to ask you about a couple of players but then i started making a list of the players that were standouts this weekend and it was basically just doing the abcs or you know running down the numerical roster so i'll give you the open-ended version and i know this is like trying to pick your favorite kid but who who on the team really impressed you? Who stood out this weekend as somebody who really stepped to the fore with opportunities? Well, I think it's uh, you know anytime you throw a perfect game, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know Valerie Cagle. You know, I mean, you, you can't overlook that. And you know, sometimes she makes it look really easy. I think she threw fifty-one pitches and threw a perfect game. So I mean, you can't really top that. But uh, 
I've just been impressed with our whole lineup up and down. We're getting production from everybody. Like I just said a minute ago, you know, we're getting production one through nine. We're getting production off the bench. But, uh, you know, there's just any part of our lineup can explode at any time, you know. And, and you know, maybe in years past when, you you know, you get through the fourth or fifth hitter in the lineup, you're, you're waiting to turn the lineup over again to maybe have another chance to score runs. You know, this weekend a couple of times, one through four, you know, one through five didn't do anything, and the bottom part of the lineup just exploded. And, you know, it just it sets up those type of games when we, we you know, score a lot of runs. But uh, I've just been really impressed with a lot of players, obviously. When, you're, when you have the record that we have, that means a lot of players are doing a lot of nice things. But um, I go back to our pitching. You know, Brooke and Reagan have just, done an outstanding job when their name has been called and uh you know like i said we're blessed to have you know those four in the rotation of course millie millie does millie things she just competes and and just gives ourselves our team a chance to win every game that she goes out there and and she's been really dominating lately and and uh but you know i think defensively we've had some great defensive plays um, this weekend, and and I think we've been on Sports Center top ten a couple of times. Yes, so I'm, I'm really impressed with our defense. So, uh, not really getting particular with one player or two players, but I've just been impressed with our entire team, honestly. Is it? And I know you've got some older players, and they're they're incredibly focused. You know, talking to Valerie about keeping the blinders on and and what that means for for some of your older players, but. You know, I think sometimes coaches, and you know this, I know from talking to coaches, sometimes you're like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, when are we going to play poorly or when are we going to take our eye off the ball? Has it been a challenge to keep this team focused as they continue to rack up wins and continue to play at such a high level in a complete manner where they're not really leaving a lot, even statistically, on the table? Has that been difficult to continue to find ways to challenge this bunch and keep them together and locked in? I think I think our our main objective, you know, is to to go farther than we did last year, kind of take that next step. And to do that, you have to take care of the process. And like you mentioned, we have a really mature team. We have, we've had a lot of players that uh, have a lot of experience now. You know, they they understand that you can't you know overlook any opponent. You know, the midweek games are just as important as the conference games. And and uh, you know, I think we've really done a a good job of, of kind of simplifying all of that. And, and really, you know, a lot of our concern is how we play and, and making sure that we're ready to play and, and not, not that we don't do scouting reports and worry about our opponents, but I think the biggest objective for us is taking care of us, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, we're preparing properly, we're getting the right amount of rest and recovery, and we're giving ourselves every opportunity to win. And, you know, this, this team has really done that. The days that we've had practice, which hasn't been a lot early in the season because of our schedule and, and making sure they get the off days and, and the rest and recovery that they need, they've, they've had productive practices, and that's a sign of a good team. All right, uh, this your team, uh, four games this weekend. I was doing a little research. I realized that Charlotte, if I if I remember right, they I believe they're they've uh, played the fourth toughest schedule in the country so far, and maybe a top twenty five or top thirty RPI. That's a tough midweek challenge for you. What can we expect from the 49ers? Yeah, very tough opponent, well coached team, a lot of really good players. Um, you know, they have some experience. Last year was a close game up in Charlotte, 
And, uh, you know, we're, we're expecting a challenge game. You know, they're, like you said, they, they, they play a very tough schedule. They've beaten some really good teams this year. And we know they're going to, we're going to get their A game. You know, it's, it's when, when teams come in here and, and now that we have the rankings that we have, it's an opportunity for them to knock us off. And, and we've got to be, you know, both mentally, physically, and emotionally ready to play against a tough Charlotte team on Wednesday night. All right, and then finally this weekend, I'm excited because I haven't gotten to do any of your games yet, but I'm doing uh, Friday and Saturday, if I if I can remember my own schedule right. Uh, I believe I'm doing Friday and Saturday with you against Virginia. Walk us through some of the challenges of your team taking on the Cavaliers as you try to remain unbeaten in the ACC. Well, I think Virginia is one of those teams. They've improved every year kind of like we have, um, you know, since our inception, our inaugural season, and, and they've they've um, played really well up to this point in the season, and and it's that time of conference play where everybody's kind of got the the early you know season. The expectations are are still everybody's hoping to win a conference or make postseason. And I know they had a tough weekend last weekend against Georgia Tech, and um, they're going to come in here ready to play. But they're a much improved program over the team we played. Uh, two years ago, and and so we we definitely are going to have to bring our A game this weekend. Coach Ridman, always good to visit with you. Can't wait to see you at McWhorter Stadium over the weekend. Check them out Wednesday against Charlotte. That game begins at 7 o'clock. That'll actually be on ACC Network, so you can watch that on Linear TV. And then uh, Friday and Saturday, you can catch me on the call. That one, 5.30 on Friday and 1 o'clock Saturday as I join Scott Whitlock. And then Sunday's game is at 4 o'clock on ACC Network as they finish up Virginia. So if you can't get out to the ballpark, plenty of ways to watch. But hope that you'll go uh, on what should be four beautiful days for softball. Coach, thank you so much. Always good to visit with you. Best of luck. Uh, hopefully a 4-0 and week for you. Hey, Clark, thanks for having me on. I look forward to seeing you this weekend. Go Tigers. All right, that is John Rittman joining us. How about, Ben, the way that they're playing? 25-1, and one, and they are not winning games by one run. They are not overlooking opponents. They are not off to slow starts. They literally they beat Jacksonville 9 nothing, and they scored nine runs in the first inning and then got people out of the game. It was It's remarkable how they are playing because it's, it's a little bit like, um, like what we've said with Clemson's best football teams where they are truly playing to a standard and not the scoreboard, and they're rolling people in that are continually able to do that. You consider they're, they're one run away from being undefeated on the year, too. I mean, they lost to a very good Tennessee team by a single run, one nothing. Uh, or else they're undefeated. It's a good time to also mention, because I know that it'll get lost in the next two hours, uh, women's lacrosse gets a win over a ranked opponent in Duke this weekend. And I did see this while you were had Coach Ripman on, Quok. Uh, the startup program, Clemson Women's Lacrosse, uh, ranked 14th in one poll, 24th in another. Whoa! How about that? How about that? That's not bad for us. You know what? There you go. You know what? Maybe it doesn't take long. Everybody asked me, oh, we got a new softball. I was like, guys, come on. No, it's going to take a couple years. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> Let's go to JB, who's up with us next. 654 Roars, the number 6547627. What's up, JB? Hey, Qual. John, how are y'all? Long time listener, first time caller. But, Thank you, uh, sir. I just got one point. Yeah, man, enjoyed the show. I listened about all four of them all day long. But um, uh, my question is, I went and saw a good friend of mine in the hospital this weekend. He made a, a good point after the uh, 
uh, NC State comes to basketball win, and then the, after the loss to Virginia, he he made up a point saying that he believes that Clemson would definitely get in if Duke were to beat Virginia, since we beat Duke. And so I was pulling for Duke to beat Virginia, and that happened. And that's what you know when I watched the show, I was like, "What? I, I just can't I can't put my finger on just because we lost to Chicago." Does that loss override a Duke win, or does it cause Duke lost to North Carolina? You know, it's a good question. question? Yeah, it's a good question, and I would I would say this: I'm not certain that I'm not certain that it would have mattered. Like I I have a hard time with the I have a hard time with the. you know, if they if somebody asked me if 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 you would have lost to who was it? If you would have beaten Louisville and lost to NC State, would you have gotten in? And I I just don't think so. I think the issues with Clemson's body of work as a committee saw it were more deep seated than just an if then scenario related to one game. Now I've thrown out my own if then scenario. I personally think the most compelling if then scenario and the most reasonable one to me is. If Clemson beats Iowa and plays TCU rather than losing to Iowa and playing Cal, even if they don't beat TCU, I think they're in because I think their non-conference strength of schedule would more reflect NC State's than it does Clemson's current state. And yes, I do think it would improve Clemson's non-conference by like 80 or 90 points in strength of schedule. That's how good TCU was and how bad, uh, how bad Cal was this year. So yeah, I, I think it's more difficult than just if this team beat this team, then they get in. I just think it was I think it was more deep seated and big picture than that. I got you. Okay. Well, uh yeah, that's all I wanted to ask you about, but congrats to the certainly the softball team and the lacrosse team. That's awesome. Their girls are playing great. Totally agree. Thanks, JB. Appreciate you calling. Yeah, man. Thank y'all. Absolutely. Yeah. Always appreciate first time callers. That's always nice. 654-ROAR is a number if you'd like to get in. You can also get in on the Adams and Co-Roofing text line here. The more we talk about it, the more confused I get by it, honestly, because, uh, you know, I, hearing hearing the uh, the rationale there on that call, we have focused so much on the net ranking this year, Quok, and, you know, well, the net's supposed to be be the equalizer. The net's supposed to help you, if, if you're not sure, supposed to help you know which team is better. So just going off of that, that explains why NC State is in a, ahead of Clemson. They're 15 spots higher in the net, despite losing three three times to Clemson. How do you explain Pitt, though? Exactly. I mean, how do you – because Pitt – Clemson is tw- finished 60th in the net. Pitt finished 67. So if we're going to play that game, I don't agree with it, but if you're going to tell me the net is what we're going to use, then how does Clemson with a better record than Pitt, a head-to-head win against Pitt, and a higher net than Pitt, how do they get left out and Pitt gets in? I mean, do you you see what I'm saying? Yes, I do. The inconsistency there, you're trying to figure out why and now I mean we we can keep talking about well you got the man you shouldn't have had those quad fours those quad four losses man those those just killed you but those are built into the net that's what they've told us all year that's already taken into account so if you want to use a net then heck let's use a net explain to me why Pitt's in and not Clemson 
Ben, it's a great question because, well, I mean, why would I explain it when I can just use numbers? Uh, because we know that all the committee cares about is numbers, right? Because if they watch the game, all the basketball people think Clemson's a tournament team and all the uh, stats nerds and administrators think that Clemson's not, right? Um, he, here, are, here are some facts that you can see on paper about the difference between Clemson and, uh, and Pittsburgh. Uh, Clemson and Pittsburgh roughly equal in strength of record. I think they're like one spot apart. They're basically the same in terms of strength of record. I can't remember if Pitt's won better or Clemson's won better. I'm not sure. Uh, net ratings, Pittsburgh 67, Clemson 60. Uh, Ken Palm, Clemson 64, Pitt 77. Uh, BPI, Clemson 53, Pitt 66. Uh, Sagarin, Clemson 51, Pitt 59. Quad one, both teams four and four. That's awesome. Great work, everybody. Uh, quad two, Clemson uh, three and two, Pitt three and five. So they had three more chances to win a quad two game, and uh, they didn't do it. And then quad three and quad four, uh, they have two losses. Clemson have four. Here's the main difference, okay? Because all of that stuff stacks up in Clemson's favor. Literally not one. And I just listed off one, two, three, four, five, six different metrics that are all reasonably important to the committee. All six of those are in Clemson's favor. I'm going to tell you why Pitt gets in over Clemson and why it makes me absolutely furious when we come back. Because I can't possibly do this in 60 seconds. We'll also go to Russ's phone call. Ben has this, he has this evil grin on his face like, I can't wait for this. Ben, I think you're going to be fired up about this too. Uh, you know you know what else I'm passionate about? Our community. I am. And you so, are. So are the folks at the Phoenix Center. Um, they are passionate about making sure that our kids make good choices when it comes to alcohol, drugs, vaping, and just other generally good decision-making. And that's the thing. You know, sometimes it's easier to talk to your kids about making good decisions more than talking directly about alcohol, drugs, vaping, that sort of stuff. If you can teach good decision-making skills, then they can apply it into these other areas of their life. And that's how the Phoenix Center is equipping us because they they have great strategies. They have great tools that you can use to help weave these themes into conversations on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis with your teen, with your kid, so that good habits can form over time. That's the great thing about the Phoenix Center. They care deeply about making sure that not just parents, but all of us as a community are equipped with those tools. For more information, go to the website, phoenixcenter.org. That's phoenixcenter.org, and click under resources. Hour one is done. Hour two, more bracket talk next. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5 Spartanburg. We are the roar. When it's time to replace your roof, there are so many things to consider. From the type of roof you have, to the many types and styles of shingles. Gillstrap Roofing understands how each part of a roofing system works together to give you a beautiful and watertight barrier. Don't trust the one thing that really protects your home to just anyone. Gillstrap Roofing has been covering the upstate for four generations. Proven, experienced roofers for your home or business. Gillstrap Roofing, 269-1232. 
It's not too early to start thinking about new patio furniture from Craft Stove Store and Patio. Your patio deserves classic styles that will last you a lifetime. Brands like Summer Classics, Hanament, Tropitone, Lloyd Flanders, Palm Spring Rattan, Meadowcraft, and Breezesta. Shop now for classic lifetime patio furniture at Craft Stove Store and Patio in Greenville. Start shopping at CraftStoveStore.com. Then visit them on Wade Hampton Boulevard, Greenville. Craft Stove Store and Patio. Get ready for the madness of March with Zero Res Carpet and Air Duct Cleaning. Right now, mention me, Mickey Plyler, and The Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for only $119. Book online at ZeroResGreenville.com. Rely on the pros in EnviroMulch for all your outdoor needs. They have an assortment of mulch, riverstone, dirt, sand, gravel, straw, and much more. Choose EnviroMulch. Make your yard look amazing during the colder months ahead. Order at EnviroMulchOnline.com. Go Tigers! Let's hear from another happy Ph.D. client, Don Munson. Back in May of 2022, I walked through the doors of Ph.D., weighing 168 pounds and looking for help to lose 20 pounds. Now, you say, what's 20 pounds? Well, I have two words for you, visceral fat. I know I had no idea what visceral fat was either, but it's the fat that gathers around your belly and, more importantly, around your heart and other organs. It's not good stuff. But Dr. Ashley Lucas and her staff at Ph.D. gave me the tools to start clearing visceral fat from my body in a way that was organized, healthy for me, and most importantly, easy. All right, so how many pounds did you drop? But in 100 days, I was down over 20 pounds. Yeah, I think most people assume 